Hello and welcome to the second episode of Especially Do Not Feign Affection. Our topic this for this episode is God. Imagine that. And I have my three, <coughs> I'm Anthony Lenahan, I have my three guests with me still. Tom Connerty, Kalichi Donahue and Rita O'Brien. So, I myself am going to launch with a quote from the well-known monk from the 60s, uh, Thomas Merton. And it's in relation to, for me anyway, what God would be about. He speaks about um, wanting to be set free from the intolerable burden of self-important seriousness. So to be set free from the intolerable burden of self-important seriousness. And it's the freedom thing. Something around freedom. Um, that's what would allure me or pull me anyway towards, towards, um, towards God. Um, something pulled me away from myself or often, um, I suppose, elements of uh, huge restrictions where I, I, even going back to the first episode where I, I, for me anyway, a lot of one's humanity was, was, was done down by religion, that type of thing. So um, that's what I get from, from the word freedom anyway. So I'll throw it open. Does so, anyone want to get in? Rita, you want um, to get in? Yeah, yeah God, um, I, I just smile every time I was thinking during the week about this. We're actually going to try and talk about what is God. It's um, impossible. For me, mystery. Um, I've, I've some, I heard somebody say some years ago um, that maybe think about God as a verb rather than a noun. It might make it easier, and that stayed with me. Um, I asked my 17-year-old son this morning before he went out to school, Khan, what do you think God is? And he just immediately just said, uh, happiness. So I thought, mm, yeah, okay, I kind of that kind of goes along with what I'm thinking about verb. Um, uh, to sum it up, for me, I think it is mystery. I think for, for me personally, because of my upbringing, my culture and traditions and how I can possibly try to make sense of things, um, a good theory for me is is the Trinity, um, because it gives me that sense of um, unknowing an, a, another entity, perhaps, but also it gives me the sense of the action, uh, the creativity, the love, all that we've been talking about through uh, action and verb. So, um, so the whole concept of the Holy Trinity kind of makes sense to me at the moment in my life as a good description of of God. Thanks. Thanks, Rita. Kilichi, you want to get in on this? I certainly do. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I want to mention, not just to kind of wave my flag, but, but I, during the COVID, I spent, um, because I lost almost all my jobs during that period, I spent two years um, doing a course through, it's called the Institute for Orthodox Christian Studies uh, through Cambridge University there. And it was the first time I've had to, we dealt with 10, 10 modules on Christology, church history, and mainly from the Eastern Orthodox perspective. And it was, a, I had to write essays, and it was very interesting to, to study. And one of the things that stood out for me when I was thinking about, um, you know, when we're co for coming in for this today, it was, um, I had a teacher, his name was uh, Bishop Callistus Ware, a very remarkable man. 
Hmm. And uh, I was looking at one of his books just yesterday to remind me. And he had a little section called Three Pointers to God. And I thought this spoke very well to me. It said, uh, the world around us, hmm. uh, the world within us, and then uh, uh, in our interpersonal relationships. Hmm. Okay. And the other thing that strikes me is the, the, uh, is the notion of when Christ is at, I can't remember the part in the Gospels where, he, where the question was, but he says that, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then connected to that, he said that the two great commandments are to love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think our own times, the people, I think generally people are happy to say, I can go with the second one. But the first part, I'm not so sure about that. The love of God. everything. Yeah, it's almost like the emphasis on human rights, uh, equality, gender e- equality, there's economic justice. There's all of that to treat each other well, kindness, compassion. A lot of that time we, we were comfortable with that. But there's been such betrayal of those who had spoke about God in terms of scandals and mm. various things like that. It make, makes it very hard to accept the first part. But what strikes me, and this is my last thing about this, what I think is interesting is it says with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, your whole strength. Like it's not just, it's very specific. Uh, Like there's a difference between the mind. There's a difference between the heart. There's something about strength. Um, And in terms of like what Tom has been talking about quite often about education, that's that's his been his baby. Uh, I, I saw there was a little quote I have from Aristotle, who I have not read, but it was a quote that struck me. It said, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't deny the education of our, our ability to reason and think, mm, very good. but as if it's, there's something really important about the heart, not just as compassion, but it's also the heart as you know, the, the Eastern Church in particular emphasizes the prayer of the heart. There's something about a mode of perception that connects us to the divine, and but that's different than the use of the mind. And I think it's it's wonderful to think a well-rounded education, or dare we say a spiritual education, would recognize there are different functions. Learn to think and reason well. Learn to pray well. Learn to develop your physicality strength. Think of St. Paul, all the walking that guy did. He's Jesus. They're traveling. You know, they're, they weren't just sitting there giving lectures in, in a university room. They were physically walking. So there was something about actual strength to endure. So anyway, that's just my own two cents for the moment, everyone out there. And in regard to St. Paul, am I correct in saying he was shipwrecked three times? So would yeah. this be where his walking gets him? I mean, at the end of the day, all our experience is going to lead us to uh, Tom's dog. You know what I mean? That we're This whole thing of having to face death, I suppose, and the ultimate, and that that brings us to, I mean, down to earth in all kinds of ways that... What, what what I mean if I'm asking myself how how do I love God what what does that mean um, what would you what would you say on that um, you mentioned prayer is is it down to prayer when what does it mean to love God or how do I, I do it 
I was very interested when you introduced everyone in the beginning uh, that Rita was mentioning Alexiode, because I also participate on Mondays uh, with a group that does the Lexio. And I think it's that ability to to read scripture as an example, to read what you know Christ said. I know it's, there are other religions, and we, I'm not ignoring their other aspects as well, but there's something about entering deeply into what those words are trying to say. And so uh, maybe, 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 you know, Rita might at some point want to have something while she's drawn towards Lexio as part of her own uh, practice. Yeah, so if I'll, I can pass that on. Ju just to say there, uh, Kelichi, yeah, because just what you were saying there about uh, the importance of reasoning, but then also the importance of heart. And to me, that's Lexio, because we're reasoning, we, we're, we have the word of God. And then but it, if it stays just in our heads, it's just a dead letter. So it has to be an experience of God, an experience of of Jesus and feeling it in our heart. Um, so that's where we, we move. My sense of it is that we move from our head to our heart and then ultimately to our hands in our action that we're doing every day. What, where do we go then? What do we do with this then? In answer to Anthony's question about, well, then how? For me, it's very simple. How is, is our actions? Every single day, how we experience people around us, the world around us, our, in our work. Um, the how of it is no good in, in simply our head or, in our, or just simply as me experiencing this in my heart. But it's got to come through in my hands and my actions mm. I'd be and my relationships. Someone like Francis of Assisi, like, I mean, he had no, what education had he? You know, he didn't study theology per se, but still he had profound insight. Yeah. And how did he get that? Um, and can I just say one more thing on. and then I'll be sure. quiet. Yeah. And that's the thing I love about Lexio Divina is that it's very important that it's not an academic study of theory and scriptures. Okay. And um, Lexio Divina, um, Michel de Verta out in Trinidad, he, 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 he used it with people. It's more important for people that don't have that type of education, that academia, that it's about the experience and what is Jesus saying to us right in this scripture. In the scripture. Okay. You don't need all of that to ex to really experience Jesus and God. Sorry, no, I'm going to be quiet for a while. No problem, Rita. <laughs> Thank you. And, and just, just before Tom comes in, just uh -huh. in, in connection to that, the other thing I found after reading intensively for the last two years is theology can be an incredible trap because you could be spinning in a, a very academic world. And again, exactly what Rita said, if it doesn't transmit into how we think and act and behave towards people, that's the point. So uh, theology has to be approached carefully because it can just screw you up that you just wind up talking too much about and talk that really don't matter that much. Yeah, and talk yeah. of being screwed up. I mean, isn't a lot of that sometimes around, again, around dogmas or that you've got to get it right or God's not going to like you. Isn't that kind of the zone? Well, certainly for me, anyway, yeah, well, that, that, that kind of thing. I'm going to, Tom, come yeah, in. I'm going, to, I'm going to follow up where you started off and, you know, say that I loved hearing what everybody said, but now I'm going to tell you what God is. Oh. I'm going to explain God. It's Lily, the dog. <laughs> I am full of my own self-importance. Uh -huh. Welcome to the club. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that I am relinquishing any kind of sense the ego gets you up in the morning. It's very important to have it. Yeah. But stuff that's taken out of the ego, there, there, there is so much of it about. Yeah. But I, I pick up on what uh, Reba talked about, the mystery, and without yes. being uh, vain, 
Van Morrison was on this morning when I was driving from Cavan, and it was into into the Mystic was uh-huh. playing. There you go. A, a lot of surgeons, a lot of surgeons who were doing vital surgery work. That was one of their favourite songs. And on whatever it was, the, the early morning show this morning, it was followed by Into the Dark. And I thought, uh-huh. it's just two incredible tunes, you know, back to back. But if you take, uh, you know, the mystery, uh, Francis Bacon said that, you know, all art. And, 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 and I see the pursuit of the pursuit of God and understanding. I see that as an, as an art form, whatever it may be. That it's not always about talk or this, you know, sort of mind wrecking stuff that is in, you know, the, the higher order thinking of universities and that it yeah. sort of leaves out an awful lot of people. But um, he said that, that all art is about deepening the mystery. It's not about explaining it. It's about deepening it. Mm. It's bringing it somewhere else. And I always felt in school when we're working with, you know, language or poetry, it was always deepened if we worked, let's say, with Kalichi, you know, sort of doing going with movement. Mm-hmm. and how yet could become very much, you know, a part of, of movement. How it was deepened if you then added some images, and how it would deepen then if you added a song or a melody or music. And I think that, that I am closest definitely to whatever it is, you know, that higher is, is when I am open. And I think that's a really important one, being open to the other expressions of what you may say yourself. So listening is, you know, is, is, is a deep part of that. But yeah. also to the heart. The heart is vital. And one of the things that um, I did in school and, and, and I uh, loved it was learning poems by heart. Mm. But I didn't, I didn't put the weightiness of learning poems by heart onto an individual child. It's a bit like we were talking about holiness, the whole story, the whole poem could be remembered by a class. So if there were 32 lines in a poem and each child went off and learned a line, mm-hmm. the poem yeah. is in the room the next day. Very good. And then if there's any chance of the children learning, they will hear the other lines mm-hmm. and they will have the poem unknown to themselves. And they will carry this richness with them, which to me is godlike, which will come back and serve them at different you know, times in their life. It's like a further revelation of what it is in the depth of somebody who, who, who pursued that. But the setting free is really important. But the, Stephen Kalichi had, had, had a conversation about the rigor. The rigor is important as well too, that you question and you follow, mm. you know, you follow lines of inquiry. Mm. And that's really important. But also to the fact of abandon, releasing yourself. When, when uh, Brendan Bean was asked to explain the sea, he said, the sea? I don't know. I don't know what it is. He said, but Jesus, I love an hour to swim in it. When you're in the sea then, you are in it. Your body is in it. You are moving yeah. with it. It is moving with you. There is some chance of communing with other creatures that are in that sea. But what is vital is that you have, what I think is important is the faith. The faith that it will be revealed to you. But also to the rigor, what Kalichi talked about, and 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 Rita, and you've been talking there, the rigor to be ready when something is revealed, mm. and at least if if you're not the one who is that has been revealed to, somebody around you may pick up on it, and your receptiveness to others then allows you to be in that you know in in that sacred space. So for me, 
that God-like experience is 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 in that, and it's and it's why, like I think, poetry and and art is sacred. It's an expression of of the divine. It's an expression of you know what is beyond us. That we get up each morning, you know, sort of hearing voices, hearing things, and we write them down quickly in case we lose mm. them. So it's, it's a revelation is not about oh he appeared to me in the sky and he told me you know this it's elusive yes and unless we pay, and unless we pay attention we are actually going to miss it there's there's a, a poem in, in in one of the things called opening night at the exhibition so imagine God is everywhere and he's been ex- exhibited do you know what I mean and it's mm. it's up to us to be there but it's out beyond seeing far beyond hearing listening. Way out past touch, taste, and smell lies an eye, an ear, a tongue, a nose for what is beautiful. A scent in the gallery of the bespoke, the unsaid, the unheard, the undone. Curator and curated stand side by side, and the doors at the exhibition are about to open. And that's what I would feel is an important thing, to be open when the doors are open to you. Mm. It's and to beautiful. rigor around that to be, what did you say? A rigor to be ready. Yeah, very good. And when oh, we're doing our, ready, yeah. when we're doing our godly play liturgy, you know, it's very much about allowing the children to just, you know, presenting the story in a kind of a Montessori-based using materials, and uh, presenting the story to the children, and just, but but all, but first of all, preparing them, getting them ready, something something really special, and but but the getting ready is very important, and then the. And then the questioning and the I wonder, you see children just being around children. It's just sacred, you know. Sorry, now I'm going off in my attention. Well, the sacred, I mean, I, I go back to, you know, Clichy again mentioning in our our first program. And I would agree with him that that whole word love, spirituality, that can be really, really tricky words not to pin down anymore. But like, as you mentioned, sacred um I suppose mystery as well. The whole thing of of love, like how on earth do I love someone? Or, uh, like, is it only by loving someone deeply? I would think that involves great suffering as well. That it's only through that that I'll come to something bigger than myself. I think that's where we're all alluding to. Or uh, that that's something that, that that's mysterious. That's um, brings me outside myself. Um, that we touch into, I suppose, at moments of of primal, um, primal touch, really, you know, the birth, death. And um, this is where I, I'd like to take it a little bit, the whole area of, of say, humility and, and goodness. Um, I think um, those are often stressed as, as part of, 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 of being, you know, strong attributes of God. Obviously, God is good. But uh, when I look, say, at the, the life of Jesus and his and his work, he, why was it all the time he, he seemed to stay with people, as I take it anyway, a lot of the time he, he finds among, it's among the rejected, among the ordinary, back to the word ordinary again, the forgotten and the poor, the marginalized, all of those that he seems to over and over find whatever this God is, it's not a, among the arrogant or the or even you know the, those who stand out in society or it's 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 the other way and there's something to that i think for me anyway that um that has an inherent 
the phrase is correct to use is spiritual power. There's something that would pull me and say, yeah, there's something there that he... You, you look at... Um, it, it's even in Buddhism recently I came across uh, a painting of the Buddha attending one of um, the monks who had, a, who had a disease and the other monks wouldn't go near him. And seemingly that phrase was used by the Buddha where he said, uh, uh, he who... Uh, whoever looks after the sick or whoever cares for the sick cares for me. And I thought sometimes about, you know, that type of um, that type of energy, I suppose, that I could see both in, in, in himself and in, in Christ and Jesus, that that um, that's some some strangeness of humility going where where there isn't um, where 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 I mightn't shine too lightly or uh, brightly myself, if you like, in the sense of being puffed up. It's the opposite of being puffed up, I would say. That's my bit on that. But anyone want to get in on the whole area of humility? Dare I throw it out? Well, just to follow on from what you said there, Anthony, I'm I'm thinking, and it's funny because I I had jotted it down here. You lay impossible burdens on people's backs, but you do nothing to lift them. You know, Mm. Jesus said to the Pharisees. Mm. So on the one hand, he was with the the rejected and the, you know, the the poor and the, the prostitutes. And then on the other hand, he was saying to the Pharisees, look, come on, lads. And it's just came to my head there when you were talking about that, I think, in sharp contrast. And I, I can't help then thinking about our church today. Do you know when, I, when I'm thinking about that sort of thing, about where are we going with our dogmas and our creeds and our, you know, this I believe and this is what we believe to be part of this group. And it just keeps bringing me back to that Jesus of, of, um, of the heart, you know, and just being real, like the, 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 the title of these talks is Do Not Feign Affection. Mm-hmm. You know, being real with the people where mm-hmm. they are. And I, I think just to, it's the humanity of Jesus. I, I feel my take on that is that mm-hmm. he was 100 percent human and 100 percent divine. Mm-hmm. And he needs us to know that, that it's mm-hmm. about being human. Okay, Does that make really sense? Have I gone off on no, a tangent there, fine. Anthony? That's fine. Yeah. Um, tangents, reader, are very important. <laughs> mm-hmm. The odd tangent, anyway, especially if it's odd. Kalichi, what are you? What's your make on humility? How humble are you in the moment? Oh, well, let's let's not even go there. Uh, let's go there. Let's go there. Come on. Go on. Well, what if you think of you? If you think of your story with the Buddha that you had brought up, Tony, which uh-huh. connects to your earlier comments about death, mm. remember that the story is that Buddha, Buddha, the word Buddha means the awakened one, first of all. And he was a prince. Remember, he was the boy that was protected inside the palace. And his so the story goes, his father didn't want him to learn mm. anything about troubles of the mm-hmm. world. And so the story goes, he opens the, the door in the palace and he sees the, the sick and the dying and the maimed. Mm-hmm. And he's so shocked by this because he never knew about it. He leaves, he leaves the comfort of the palace and goes on the journey to try to understand uh, life. So there's something uh, about how do we hold those images? Like how do we hold the images of the destruction in, in the Ukraine or if all the things around us, things closer to home, like Tom here, it seems like such a minor thing that Tom and his partner uh, lost a, a dog. And you think, well, that's very minor compared to we're about to have Putin Lucas or something. Um, but it, it's that it's that notion that things pass, whether it's your 
There's a picture on the table here of Tom when he was 30 years old. And we're, I'm looking at Tom there, and then I'm looking at Tom here. And, uh, he has uh, age. <laughs> he has age. He has age. You have age. We all age. And I don't know about you, but it's a weird thing. You know, that no matter how well you eat, how good your sex life is, you read the right books, positive thinking, you're still going to rot away. So you, you got to deal mm. with it. Mm. Um, and I think that maybe the humility comes with that mystery. Like, how yeah. do you keep loving in the midst? How do the people of Ukraine keep love in their hearts when when everything's being destroyed? So uh, it's not just a peace and love, man. It's um, yeah. it's how can we hold these things and not become bitter? How uh, do not I not become, become cynical? Very good. Yeah. Yes, and how not to do those things, yeah. you know, um, and obviously that's what the saints have taught us, uh -huh. because what they put first is um, seek ye first the kingdom. Uh -huh. uh, and in our modern world, I think that's not, I think especially a lot of people who've been wounded by the Western Christian tradition have just re rejected the whole thing. Uh, because of the, the terribleness that have been done to children and women. Yeah. And, and I think we have, I'm sorry for rattling on, but the, the, the part of me that's intriguing about with the Christian tradition is that it's connected so much to uh, St. Peter. And remember there, Peter said, oh, I'll stick by you, Lord, don't worry about me. And then a couple hours later, they say, are you a follower? He says, no, I don't know the guy. I don't mm. know him. Mm. And that's amazing. You know, it's like... It's an ordinary person. He's he's with the Christ. He's seen the miracles. He's seen it all, and yet he chickens out uh, mm. when people confront him. Mm. So, and I think the church is built upon frailty. And mm. I, I think that rather than it's built on the holiest of the holy people of the mm. followers, so we can all relate to that. And I think that's a wonderful tradition. It's mm. not just the brightest meditator. It's mm. it's the one who, I don't. To me, that's a, a wonderful story. It gives us all hope, mm. hope that we're we're all a mess. We're all a mess. And let's learn from it, you know. And anyway, can, that's can my I, comedy Can I just say, uh, uh, Kalichi, there, when you were talking about holding the destruction and how do you, maybe if I did, I pick you up right, like holding the destruction with the love, holding it, like it's not all just yeah, peace and love. Bitter, yeah. It's got to be. Do you know what I think about that? I think the crucifixion and the resurrection are two sides of the same coin. And... We, uh, when I'm with families after a little baby has died, you know, you, 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 I would have sometimes I would have had the privilege of getting to know them um, before the birth of the baby. And, and if I know that they're of the same kind of belief system or spirituality, if you want to call it that as myself, and I know that it would not offend them in any way, I often use that. I say to them, remember, you know, remember, uh, our, our, we, we're an Easter faith and um it's the crucifixion and the resurrection. And to get the resurrection, we had to have the crucifixion. And I just put it out to them, perhaps maybe I wonder if we all have our crucifixions and our resurrections. Does that, that's just how I kind of hold the destruction and the love. That's how I visualize that. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. And, and, and I feel, uh, Rita, when you're talking about that, have, having, you know, worked or done some work with the hospice, uh, not myself, but, but as to how they work, you're brought into a very sacred space and you're at the cusp of that transition between, you know, between life and death. And that crossing or bridge is such an indeterminate space at times and it requires that holding. So yeah. the holding of suffering and the holding of something coming afterwards 
is and, and like is the resurrection that you that you then walk around in everybody's hearts and minds that loved you and is that the real love that you never die because you're invoked so often like and it's the same with uh, other other uh, living uh, creatures but I, I always think that that you know with with um, God it's you know there's the Stephen Fry one where you know he said don't tell me about God why does he give children cataracts in their eyes why does he blow up small children mm. why does he do all of why does he do all of this mm. and and then and you venerate him and you talk about it. I I I I, um, I, 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 I take that and there's, there's a rigor mm. in being able to look at that and say well what's mm. going on here what yeah. I, I think the God the God for me is a God that holds all transitioning. Like, why, why God the Father, God the Son, God, why not God the transition, God, God there? This one, one, you know, ancient one that, that God is there. Mm. It's not, you know, he, she, or it. But the, 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 the increasing of that to include, you know, to include people, or they feel included in it, is something that I think is, is important. You have... Um, you know, uh, God, the divine, and Christ being the, the, the human exemplification of God or God on earth. And it was interesting in the Joseph story in Genesis, uh, uh, I remember reading a commentary on it and said, when you, when you hear Joseph, hear God, that's God working. And that was a story, obviously, that Christ himself would have heard very often in the synagogue, the story of, the story of Joseph. But what I was interested in also, too, is what Kalichi talks about, that it's not all, you know, uh, and I, I'm certainly not, you know, trying to talk about mystery and flowers and all that. I'm, I'm, one for, I'm one for the rigor. Like mm. when Christ was in the temple, he chucked over the tables. Yeah. Like he, he didn't like say, I'm going to. And when he spoke to people, who he was, he was animated. Mm. So he was angry. And he didn't see some of those emotions as ones that were beyond the pale. Mm. And I listened to a long interview with Maya Angelou, who is uh, just mm. an incredible woman. Mm -hmm. She'd gone through a most horrific life of abuse and everything, and she was still open. And her openness came from her deep work in being able to forgive, even those who abused her really, really badly. Mm. And the interview went on, it was very illuminating. And it came to the end, and the interviewer said to her, well, you know, what's your ambition? What do you want in life, what is the thing you're aiming most for? And she said, uh, to become a Christian. And the interviewer said, what? And she said, I'm really amused by people when I ask them what do they believe and what do they follow? And they say, you know, I'm a Christian. And her response to it was, already? <laughs> so I thought that was the most beautiful thing yeah. in relation to uh, faith and following Christ. Like, I try my best, mm. but... I don't expect to be hung on a cross for stuff. And maybe, mm. you know, maybe our sense of fearlessness, you know, we're talking about courage and, and stepping out and getting angry. Maybe that's all part of love because it's our love for our fellow human beings, the planet, whatever it is, that we speak out, speak clearly, come at it in different ways, imaginatively, creatively, but that... You know, those emotions sometimes, well, I know from school, they're the, they're sort of the, the no, no emotions. But mm. those emotions are absolutely central to the guest house. Mm. We have to welcome them in as really important and contributing to the overall factor of our love for each other. It's not pie in the sky, you know? Not pie in the sky. Yeah. 
Okie dokie, folks. I think that would more or less wrap our efforts at trying to get a handle on God. Um, sometimes. Can I just say that today um, Mo Salah is God in our house? Mo Salah. Say I don't no know more. if anybody follows Liverpool. I think Cleach, you might have an angle on that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing hat trick last night. Oh, anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> Okie dokie, folks. We'll see you for episode three. Prayer. <laughs> <laughs>